You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunkin' with Wolves, the Timberwolves fan site on the fan-sided network. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy draft week. Finally, it's been five months since this draft should have happened and a month since it was originally rescheduled to, and now we're here. This is draft week. It's in two days. And of course, that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, what I want to do today is talk about the latest mock drafts that are out, all the prominent websites that put out such mocks have issued new ones on today, Monday of draft week. So I want to talk about that. And there's seeming to start to be a consensus around the Timberwolves that I frankly was not expecting. So we'll talk through that. We'll talk about their uh, reported interest in Tyrese Halberton. And last week we discussed the the apparent willingness and, and or I guess the desire of the Timberwolves to try and trade up from 17 to get Tyrese Halberton. So I want to cover that. And then I want to start profiling some second round possibilities for the Wolves at number 33. Some of those guys could be late first round possibilities if they trade back from 17 or up from 33 or, or whatever ends up happening. Um, but I want to profile probably three or so guys today and then and then wrap that up tomorrow. Another thing for Tuesday's show is a mock draft I'm going to do with a buddy, an NBA super fan of mine who is a big college basketball fan and big NBA fan. And so we're going to go alternate picks and go at least through the Wolves pick at 17 so you can enjoy that mock draft on Tuesday's show. And then we'll talk in a little bit more about Wednesday's live Locked in NBA show on draft night. Um, of course, Wednesday morning, we'll talk about the latest rumors on our show. And then late Wednesday night, we'll talk uh, or I'll be on the Locked on NBA live draft show with Chad Ford and David Locke. So look forward to that. All right, let's get into today's show. First, though, off the top, a quick reminder to please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves. That's at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right. So the latest rumors, there are new mock drafts out from basically everybody. And that that is all the way from uh, Jonathan Gavoni at ESPN to uh, Sam Vecini of The Athletic. We've talked about his mocks throughout the last several weeks. Jonathan Wasserman at Bleach Report. And then also Jeremy Wu at SI.com. Jeremy Wu was actually on the ongoing Lockdown NBA mock draft that started last Wednesday. He's been giving analysis here at Lockdown NBA. So um, we'll check out his mock today. But three of those four Mock drafts actually have the Minnesota Timberwolves taking Anthony Edwards number one overall, and there are plenty of comments to suggest that that's kind of the support for Edwards has kind of uh, coalesced, I guess, in the Timberwolves front office. Um, Jonathan Gavoni at ESPN says trade talks are, quote, still heavily in play for the first pick, but teams are getting the sense that Edwards is the likely selection if the Wolves stay put. And he acknowledges that at times the Wolves have seemed like they're most interested in Edwards at times. It's even been Wiseman. That was about a week ago. I guess there was like two days where everyone was surprised that the Wolves might want to draft James Wiseman. And then also LaMelo Ball, who all along I've had, or I shouldn't say all along, basically for the last two months, I guess. I mean, we've been talking about this draft now for basically six months. Um, I've had Ball at number one on my board and think he's the best fit for the Wolves uh, based on everything we know about Edwards and Wiseman. But at this stage, it looks like Edwards is where the Wolves are leaning, at least according to Gavoni. Also, Jeremy Wu at Sports Illustrated 
he says the same thing. He says, quote, although there's been much discussion publicly surrounding the Timberwolves decision at number one within league circles, the situation appears far less confusing. He says a wide range of teams have been operating as if Edwards will be Minnesota's selection and the Wolves are trying to still send mixed signals, marketing the pick, etc. And they still he says their preference is still probably to trade the pick. But if they don't aren't able to trade the pick, if they don't get a deal that they like, they will draft Edwards, according to Jeremy Wu at SI.com. So um, there's another vote for Edwards. The one other mock draft that's out there that has the Wolves taking him um, is Jonathan Wasserman of Bleach Report says a lot of the same types of things that he's been hearing. The Wolves are on Edwards at number one. The one dissenting major mock draft that's out there is Sam Vecini at The Athletic, who I really appreciate his analysis. think he does a great job. He's got the Wolves drafting Lamelo Ball number one, and he basically says he does so because Ball's the number one player on his board. He says sources have told The Athletic that the Wolves have not made a decision yet on what they're going to do and that they're going to look you know, still between Ball, Edwards, Wiseman, and if they're not able to trade the, trade the pick, he says... This is the, the final line in his blurb about the Wolves. Sam Vecini says, this pick will likely go down to the wire. It's far from set in stone. So I don't think anybody says for sure the Wolves know what they're going to do. Um, there was another note that the Wolves are basically finally starting to field what they believe are are real trade offers um, at this point in the last 48 hours or so before the draft, um, 48 hours plus before the draft. And so that's when the offers start to get real, when it's just like how all the trades happen right before the deadline. Remember, Last year, the Timberwolves traded that draft night trade was literally a draft night trade. It was before the draft. It was like late afternoon on the draft day. Uh, the Wolves traded up from 11 to six to take Jarrett Culver and traded Dario Saric to Phoenix in order to make that deal happen. So things can come together very late and it seems very likely that that's what's going to happen this year. And uh, But that said, it, it was a little bit of a surprise to me to see that Anthony Edwards is apparently where the Wolves are leaning, just given his shooting inefficiencies, his inconsistent motor, his struggles defensively, understanding that he has the most impressive combination of physical profile and athleticism in this draft. And he certainly could be more parts, um, you know, think of other big uh, shooting guards that can impose their will on others that, you know, he's not Jimmy Butler, but, um, you know, there's some Dwayne Wade-esque uh, you know, if he has a lot to work on in terms of his footwork, but Wade wasn't a great three point shooter, was a physical big guard. Obviously, the NBA was in a different point in time when Wade was in his prime. But there's a lot of people that are afraid that he's a Andrew Wiggins, Deion Waiters mix. And that's my concern. Now, can he develop into a really good wing player? And does he fit perfectly in terms of physical profile and size with the Wolves? The answer is yes. Uh, but there are still plenty of question marks. All right, next, I want to talk about Tyrese Halberton and the Wolves' apparent effort to try and land Halberton in this draft and, and whether it makes more sense to trade back from one or up from 17. And then we want to, I want to dive into second-round prospects. Before we do that, though, I have to remind you about the Lockdown NBA Draft Show on Wednesday evening. The NBA Draft is finally here, and the Lockdown Podcast Network will have live draft coverage this year on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch at Locked On Live. It will be the only place that you can find Chad Ford, the GOAT of draft analysis on the night of the draft. Join Chad, Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks, and David Locke for the most in-depth coverage of the NBA draft featuring analysis from Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated. And all of the Locked On NBA hosts will be joining as local experts on each of the picks, including yours truly. Follow Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch and get alerts as soon as they go live. I also want to talk about our great friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. And not only that, it's better than ever. 
It was already delicious. It already looked great, but it looks even better. Brand new packaging, new logo, brand new taste. The 12 original flavors are still there. There's now six brand new amazing flavors. There's a total of 18 flavors to choose from, including nut and non-nut flavors. The six new ones are caramel brownie cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. This is the protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. They're perfect if you're health conscious. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber, and perfect for a keto diet. Right now, for a limited time only, you can get a free cooler while supplies last. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. All right, let's talk about this Tyrese Halliburton rumor. So Tyrese Halliburton was already on my big board fairly high. I had him number four on the latest iteration of it. He's floated between four and six. And uh, I, I mean, there's a lot to like about Halliburton as a prospect. I guess the, the cliff notes are he he really functions more as a, a point guard, but his size and shooting ability allows him to play off the ball, which explains why the Wolves have some interest. He's a, a really great playmaker with the ball in his hands. He's probably a top four or five playmaker in this draft. And he's a solid defender. He's not outstanding one-on-one. He does have some physical limitations, um, which, you know, there are some comparisons to D'Angelo Russell and even like a guy like Killian Hayes, but he's very smart and he's a good team defender. And those things matter. He doesn't really get into the paint and finish a lot at the rim, which for me is one of the reasons why I actually like Killian Hayes a little bit of, of a as a better fit for the Wolves um, than Halliburton because I think they're similar players, but Hayes has a little bit more of that thickness to him and ability to finish at the rim. Neither one is super athletic, and I understand that Halliburton's more polished given his time at Iowa State versus Hayes as a 19-year-old playing um, you know overseas in a in a in a division of basketball in Europe that isn't ultra competitive, I guess. Um, but all that to say, the rumors are that the Wolves really like Halliburton. Kevin O'Connor at the ringer middle of last week said the Wolves were trying to trade up from 17, specifically that they'd offer the Atlanta Hawks. Jarrett Culver, last year's number six pick, and the number 17 pick in this year's draft to move up to the Hawks pick at number six to potentially take Halliburton. He also mentions Devin Vassell as a target for for teams in general trying to trade up with the Hawks. There hasn't been any specific Vassell to Minnesota steam, although I really like Vassell and I love the fit with Minnesota. I've got him number five on my big board. And frankly, I actually probably could have flipped those. I like the Vassell fit with the Wolves a little more than Halliburton. That said, Halberton's another guy who can create, who can who can do things with the ball in his hands or shoot off the catch, whereas Vassell is more of a classic 3 and D player, and the Wolves want these guys who can create and do things. Now, my, my one question here is, is that necessary when you've got D'Angelo Russell and you're going to try and run more offense through Carl Anthony Towns? And if you take either Anthony Edwards or Lamella Ball number one, either one of those guys is effectively your third option on offense. Now, Ball's not your third option in terms of shooting three-pointers, but you want Anthony Edwards to have the ball in his hands some if he's, you're going to take him first overall. And Lamella Ball is going to be at least initiating the offense. And, you know, he's still going to be taking shots from everywhere on the court if you take him. So if you take Halliburton and you have... Anthony Edwards, you're looking at, or Lamella Ball for that matter. Halliburton is kind of a de facto, you know, he's maybe your first guard off the bench, can play both the one or the two, can theoretically maybe even guard some threes depending on uh, opposing team lineups. And there's a lot to like there. The thing that people, the teams in general like about Halliburton, and he's getting a lot of steam in that like five to seven, five to eight range, is that he can step in right away. And even at his age, he's, he's relatively young still after just playing a couple years at Iowa State. 
that he could step in and be an NBA rotation player on a good team right now because he's so smart. He's such a solid overall all-around player, solid IQ on both ends of the floor. And the thought is that he can just kind of be a plug-and-play guy. Now, for the Wolves, he may be asked to do a little bit more just given that that they're you know, their roster isn't entirely set. If he gets drafted by, you know, one of these other teams that might trade up and try and take him, that's got designs on a playoff spot immediately, or was already a playoff team, then maybe his role isn't quite as accelerated with those teams. But for Minnesota, he's going to be the, you know, I mean, likely coming off the bench if they draft an Anthony Edwards, say first overall, and still get Halliburton um, at six or seven or eight, um, he's probably going to come off the bench and be the first first guard wing off the bench. Now, there's also the possibility the Wolves trade back from one to take Halliburton, in which case they'd pick up an asset along the way, whether that's a future pick, an existing player, an additional pick in this year's draft. If that's the case, then Halliburton almost immediately is a starter. He probably starts at the two, pending what happens with Malik Beasley and restricted free agency. So I definitely see the fit with Tyrese Halliburton. I, it's interesting to me that the Wolves are so apparently hell-bent on getting him um, because, well, he's he does profile as a good pro and he does have solid size. I mean, you're still looking at a guy who, um, what is he? He's a 6'5 with a 6'8 wingspan. So he's bigger than D'Angelo Russell a little bit, but he's not a lot bigger and he's not a lot more athletic. Um, so you're really just drafting a guy who's, a, a, I mean, you know, what's what's the, I guess the uh, the phrase, he's just, a, he's just a pro. I mean, he would just be a pro as a 20-year-old coming in, be strong on both ends of the floor, play make on offense, catch and shoot fairly well um, and, and be a solid defender, have good feel on both ends of the floor. And, and I understand why that, why that's an attractive selection. Um, it's just fascinating to me that that's apparently who the wolves have, have locked in on uh, when there's so many other options that I feel like might be better fits around that same area. Uh, that said, I think Halliburton's going to be a good pro, a solid pro. I would not be upset if the Timberwolves ended up with him. All right, let's jump right into the first second round, potential second round prospect, and then uh, we'll take a quick break and come back with a couple more. Uh, basically, the way I'm approaching this is I did my top 22 players on Big Board 3.0. I'm basically going to leave a gap, you know, a bunch of guys who I think are likely to get taken in that 22 to 33 range. And then I want to talk about probably six guys in total over the next couple of shows who I think could be on the board at 33 for the Wolves to take a look at, or if they end up. You know, there's been some trade discussions. The Thunder have a couple picks in the mid to late 20s. I think they have like 25 and 28 now after the uh, reported deal with the Lakers. I mean, could they be a trade partner? Could the Wolves trade up from 33 for some reason? Or could they pick another or could they pick up another selection and a trade back um, at any point? So these are all players who very well could be gone at number 21 um, or they could be on the board at 37. And the Wolves are kind of right in the middle there at 33. They are not. All these guys we're going to talk about are not all going to be available for the Wolves to select at 33, but they've got a shot. They've got a, a good shot at being there. So that's kind of the, the context for this. The first player I want to talk about is actually probably the player who's likely to be drafted the highest of these. He's not necessarily my favorite, but he's a player who's rising up mock drafts. And when I started putting together this list a couple weeks ago, he was more consistently mocked in the upper sec or the early second round, lower Man, late first round, early second round. But now he's getting mocked more frequently in the low 20s. And that's Desmond Bain, the guard out of TCU. He is a... He's probably a two at the NBA level, but he has the ability to guard twos and threes. He's six foot six, but he has a rare... uh, What they call a negative wingspan. He has a six four wingspan. So his arms are actually shorter than his height, which is unusual for athletes in general, for NBA players especially. Um, But if that wasn't a thing... I think he would honestly be a, probably a, a late lottery pick. I think he'd slide up a few selection or a few picks on the board. He's solid all the way around. He's a good defender. He's a smart player. 
Um, apparently in interviews with teams, he's been telling teams that he knows his role. He knows that he'll come in and be a shooter, be a solid defender, you know, take his guy out, guard his guy. And there's a lot to like. And remember the teams that are drafting in this range, at least if we're talking late first round are playoff teams by and large. They're teams who have been to the playoffs recently. They're good teams. They're looking for plug and play players. They're going to, they're either going to take a swing at a high upside guy. They're going to stash or they're going to draft a guy they can insert into the rotation and he's not going to hurt them and he's going to know his role and have some cost certainty at the end of the first round with, we're going to pay this guy a couple million bucks over the, each of the next few years and he could be a role player immediately. And that's why Desmond Bain is such an attractive selection. And I, I don't think he'll be there at 33, but I have to mention him because he's a great target in the 20s if the Wolves were to end up with a pick there. And there's still a chance he slides because of the wingspan, the limited athleticism. But because he knows what he's doing, he can guard twos and threes. He can guard some ones. He's not a dynamic enough athlete to guard some ones and or some fours, but because of his height, I think he can guard some fours in the NBA. Um, I, I, I haven't actually mentioned his shooting, which I don't, I don't know why I haven't, because that's actually the thing that's most attractive about him as a, as a player is that he's an above average shooter, north of 40%. And, um, I, you know, teams are seeing, him as a plug and play solid defender guy who shot, what did he shoot? 44% on over 200 three point attempts last year at TCU. And there's some similarities to some of these other kind of fringy rotation guys who, who can just, again, plug and play. He plays hard. He's going to be a rotation player. The upside is maybe of, of a borderline all-star type guy. I don't know that he'll ever have enough juice defensively or athletically on offense to truly get to that level. But I mean, if you're like, I don't know, any of the teams in the 20s, really, you could plug and play this guy into your rotation. Um, and so if he falls, that's an attractive piece. He's a, He'd be an attractive piece for the Timberwolves as they lack those those solid role players. And that's really the biggest shortcoming with this Timberwolves team. You have two stars in Townsend Russell. You don't have anybody outside of maybe Josh Okoge who's still got some volatility to his game that's really just like, oh, this guy's a solid He's a solid guy. He can plug in on the on the wing and do what he's got to do defensively and knock down shots when he's when he's open. The Wolves don't have those guys. And so if Bain somehow were to fall to 33, even though the upside's somewhat limited, he's a guy you'd have to take a look at at 33 for the Wolves. All right, let's talk about two more guys on my board for possible selections at 33 coming up next. Okay, we talked about Desmond Bain as a possibility for the Wolves at 33, although realistically, I'm afraid he will not be on the board if the Wolves stay at 33. But a couple guys who I think are who I think will be on the board, one who I really like, I'll start with him, and that's Tyler Bay from Colorado. He's a 6'7 wing who's really kind of that 3-4 hybrid uh, where a lot of teams, really the league now is going towards this positionally flexible you know, wing type player who can guard or play the 2-3 and the 4. And Bay is that sort of a guy. He is 6'7 with a 7'1 wingspan and profiles is probably kind of a small ball four in the NBA. He's extremely bouncy. He has he has a quick second jump. He's athletic. He's great in transition. Um, he's he's a good good rebounder. He can improve a little bit there, but because of his size and athleticism, he can be a good rebounder. Um, and he's a very very smart defender. He struggles with bigger guys defensively. You're not going to play him at the five in the NBA unless you're playing like the Rockets and they have PJ Tucker at the five. Um, but but he can play the four and probably guard most fours in the modern day NBA because of his size and athleticism. Six seven with a seven one wingspan, and 
and bouncy. I mean, you're going to be able to guard many fours in today's NBA. He'll guard, be able to guard most threes. He's a really good weak side shot blocker, which would be key to have for the Timberwolves. They don't have much in the way of rim protection. Nas Reed's not a big shot blocker. Carl Anthony Towns is an okay shot blocker, but to have another guy on the floor who can add that element to the game would be huge. And if he can continue to improve his rebounding, I mean, he's got He's smart, and so I think understanding angles and timing and all that, he should be a good rebounder at the NBA level, and that's one of the key things the Wolves are looking for is someone who can rebound next to Carl Anthony Towns. Juancho Hernan Gomez is a good rebounder. James Johnson is a good rebounder, but they'd love to find somebody who's an above-average rebounder to plug in next to Towns that still has some versatility in terms of guys positions he can guard and be switchable. And then also on offense, instead of um, you know being stuck in the paint or in the mid-range, like you know a guy like Taj Gibson, in the recent Timberwolves history, uh, you know, to have a guy who can stretch the floor a little bit. And Bay has some projectability there. He only attempted 31 three-pointers last year at Colorado, but he made 13 of them. Um, so, you know, north of uh, north of 40%. He has solid form. His release is a little bit slow, but, but it's solid. Um, and, and if NBA coaches can continue to work with him on pulling the trigger on threes. There's a lot of projectability there. And if he can be a 40% three-point shooter at 6'7 with a 7'1 wingspan, ultra-athletic, good defender, really all you got to do is not put him in the post defending, you know, a, a, I don't know, a LaMarcus Aldridge or somebody that would eat him alive. As long as you don't find yourself in that situation, then Tyler Bay's a really nice pick at 33. He's probably my favorite target there among guys who are likely to be on the board. The upside there is certainly higher than a guy like Desmond Bain. You could see that as his upside. I also think his floor is maybe a little bit lower if he doesn't, if things don't quite click and if teams can take advantage of him defensively. But I do think he can be a rotation player almost immediately. And that's, he's the type of guy he's got. Think of him as a higher upside version of Jake Lehman and that he can, uh, you know, he's, Probably a decent three-point shooter, but you can project out him being better there. He's athletic. He's a good defender, not great. He probably can't guard bigger fours and fives, but he's positionally flexible between the three and the four, and that's what the Wolves got in Jake Lehman at a really affordable cost. Might they do the same thing with Tyler Bay if he's on the board at 33? I think he's the type of guy the Wolves would look at drafting. Bay does some of that extra stuff too. His steal rates, his block rates were good at Colorado. And that shows athleticism. It shows length. It shows intelligence and understanding of where to be and when. The Wolves need more of those guys, especially defensively. And that's why I think Tyler Bay is a really interesting target for the Wolves at number 33. One other guy to talk about, uh, I, I don't think that this is a player the Wolves are going to target, but I think I should mention him because this is his range and also the clear Minnesota ties. That's Daniel Oturu, a Minnesota native and University of Minnesota Golden Gopher, former Golden Gopher. He is a big man who could go as early as probably around 20, 21, 22 in the first round, all the way down to the middle of the second round. He will be drafted, but he's got a little bit of a of an old school game in some ways. He's 6'10 with a 7'2 wingspan and realistically is going to play center at the NBA level. He does have a really good post game, which you know isn't something the Wolves are looking for, but he's got good touch. He probably is a good pick and roll man given his athleticism and size, although the Gophers didn't run a ton of pick and roll with him the last couple of years. The only real case to make for the Gophers to draft him is that he's a really, really good rebounder, and he can do some of the other things the Wolves look for in fours, and that's, um, and that's you know, roll to the basket, which we think he can do. Um, and then also shooting touch. Um, Oturu didn't shoot threes at all early in his college career, developed it a little bit. He was around league average from beyond the arc, but didn't shoot a ton of threes. And if that can continue to develop, and we've seen plenty of guys, I mean, his shot now is much better than say Gorgie Jang's jumper was when he came into the NBA. 
and Gorgie became basically a league average three-point shooter. If Oturu can develop that three-point shot and be an, a monster on the glass, you could play him at the four in some lineups and he could back up towns and be kind of a swing big for the Wolves. Now, the biggest concern is he can't guard in the pick and roll and he, it doesn't look like there's much hope there. He doesn't move great laterally. He's kind of clunky when he's trying to uh, trying to to guard in the pick and roll. And part of that's due to the coverages the Gophers played. He wasn't put in great positions in Minnesota uh, previously in, in college, but I don't think that there's much upside there either. And and that's one of the Wolves' biggest issues is guarding in the screen and roll. And so I don't think Oturu is likely a target for the Wolves at 33, but his rebounding upside and shooting upside is intriguing. And his toucher on the basket, his motor, all those things are really good. And if he can, you know, we know that the Wolves have talked to him at some point in interviews, um, but outside of him, you know, if he's there at 33 and the Wolves can't trade the pick, he's a guy who, you know, it's not, I think there's something there. I just don't think the fit with the Wolves is perfect. Um, but there's certainly some upside for Oturu here moving forward, no matter where he goes, even if it's even if it's middle, second round. For the sake of the Gophers program, you know, hopefully he goes in the first round and, and uh, can, can come off the board quicker and get that guaranteed deal. I just don't think he's a perfect fit in Minnesota. All right. I want to cover, there's probably three or four more guys uh, between Tuesday and Wednesday we'll cover. Again, I have a mock draft uh, going through, we'll go through this on on Tuesday, kind of mocking the first 17 or so picks in the draft. Um, So stay tuned for that. And then Wednesday, all the coverage related to the draft leading up to it. And then the live Locked on NBA show featuring Chad Ford and David Locke. So be sure to tune into that on all of the live channels. Uh, Subscribe to Locked on NBA live on or Locked on live on Wednesday evening. All right, that's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves. That's at Locked On T Wolves. Don't forget the T. Also, a reminder we are daily Monday through Friday. So, of course, we'll be back on Thursday with immediate reaction to Wednesday night's draft. And that will continue into Friday and probably into next week as free agency begins. There's a ton to cover in the next few days and weeks. So, keep it locked here at Locked On Wolves. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast. And we'll catch you next time.